welcome everyone to this episode in the Changemakers podcast. Uh, we're joined today by Sherry Irwin. Sherry is a um, recent winner of the 2021 ITAM Review Lifetime, Lifetime Achievement Award in ITAM. Uh, so as a Lifetime Achiever, uh, clearly uh, I'm sure she's familiar to many of you in the industry, but for those of you who aren't, and for those of you who want to learn more about how Sherry got into ITAM, how she's become the legend she is today, um, this, this podcast is for you. And also today with us, we have uh, Jen Carr from the ITAM Forum. Jen's uh, going to be sitting in and uh, asking questions and also uh, be your host for the day as well. So welcome, Sherry. Thank you. Nice to be here. Okay, so welcome, everyone. Um, I guess the first question, uh, Sherry, is how did you get into ITAM? Have you always, is this, was, this, was this a passion for you, for, for you from the start or how did you get into this, into this industry? It wasn't a passion right at the beginning, but it um, very quickly became one. So interestingly enough, I started out in information security mm-hmm. uh, for about three or four years. And then I left that role, um, that position to go to another organization as a software planner. So in that role, I was to be looking at what software was in the marketplace, how it might be of value to that organization, bringing the software in, et cetera, building a business case, all of that. So my job there changed very drastically from what might, what software might we bring in of benefit to the organization to what do we have? What's it costing us? Mm-hmm. What can we get rid of to reduce our software costs? Did you have someone to work with at that point who knew about SAM or HAM or ITAM or was it you were just sort of thrown into it? You just had to run with it. I was thrown into it. It didn't really have a name then, you know, mid 80s, early to mid 80s. And it was a mainframe environment as well. So very different back then in that respect. Um, All of my colleagues were men. And they had no real interest in or knowledge of the software side, not from a non-technical view. So they, they could talk about the technical aspects of it, but in terms of the contracts, the terms and conditions, the costs, um, the license, understanding licenses, et cetera, had no clue whatsoever and no interest. I ran with it and had extremely good results. Uh, we were able to reduce the the software expenditure by you know a significant percentage, and over three or four years, I built a team of four people, including a paralegal, because we were doing a lot in terms of uh, software contracting, and that was also in the era again mainframe when the software vendors were starting to bring in different license models. Interesting. Yeah, I, it, it sounds very, very much trailblazing stuff, really. I don't think anyone was looking at these things in any great detail. But like you say, it didn't have a name. Gartner had a research service at the time called SMS, Software Management Strategies, I think it was. And I reached out as a client of Gartner and started asking questions about managing software really as an asset. Again, I'm not sure we used that vernacular then. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the senior analysts really took an interest and that evolved into the Gartner SAM research service. Um, and I contributed a number of uh, articles uh, to that in the early years. And then Gartner, of course, started a user group called SWAMI, and I had some involvement in that. Again, at that point, I was a client. But from there, I, I decided I wanted to focus on what I was probably now calling SAM. Mm -hmm. And Gartner Canada gave me the opportunity to, to join. Actually, I went looking for um, a position and um, started with Gartner Canada as a consultant. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, it, it does sound like, you know, in a way, you're almost responsible for some of this, some of this stuff. You, you're almost a, a, a category definer in the sense that you've done a lot of this. Exactly. Things, and it's moved into something that the rest of us today. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking way back at what you said at the start about, you know, assessing software and looking at software as your initial role. Um, that wasn't really a role that was around in techno technology organisations back then. It was, it was done, but it wasn't done... Um, in a, in a strategic way as such, it was going to be go off and find something to do to enable us to do online account, online accounting, but to do computerized accounting, something like that. But there was no joined up thinking around this. There was no strategy. I used to have a chart, by the way, um, on the differences between managing hardware and managing software mm -hmm. to try and make the point that software management, software was an asset. And managing software as an asset was as or more complex than hardware. How were you going about finding all this software um, uh, back then? How how's the tools market really changed and helping you to deliver against them, um, Sam in particular? Of course, in the, in the early years, we were using spreadsheets. Um, that's all we had, and. Mm -hmm. I and others had some pretty sophisticated spreadsheets, uh, especially as different license models came into play. It, it has changed considerably. My interest, first and foremost, is always what data will this tool capture? And how, how complete is that compared to the data model that is needed to support the client? You know, the, the data is, is knowledge and you need it to figure out what you need to do, where you're at, uh, and so on. As a trailblazer, who did you look to to, you know, to mentor you, to help you develop and grow? When you're doing something on your own, as often ITAM managers are, who, do you look, who did you look to to give you support and, uh, and show you the way almost? As to ITAM itself, and certainly in the earlier years for me, it was mostly Sam, there were really very few. It was very new. Um, there were a couple of people, one in particular who had started a company to develop a product, uh, basically an asset uh, repository product. And the founder was quite knowledgeable. We became good friends and I ended up repping um, their company and product in Canada. Um, so there were a few that had started to recognize the interest, the opportunity, and started to develop products. So there was some knowledge coming from those people as to ITAM. But a lot of it was self-learned, self-taught. And however, 
as to consulting the founder of Gartner Group Canada. He was my mentor in terms of the business of management consulting. Where, what do you think are the big opportunities for SAM and ITAM managers over the next sort of three to five years? As there are new platforms, new technologies to um, bring them into ITAM, have ITAM um, take responsibility for those, including cloud as, as a good example. And some of that is happening um, more so in some organizations than others, but it will happen. The, the parallels in terms of, you know, the issues, um, practices, uh, challenges are very similar. So it, it's a natural fit. So again, as these newer technologies, et cetera, uh, continue to evolve uh, to bring those into ITAM. And that will also expand ITAM's knowledge, their expertise. So that ties into you know, career development, education, et cetera. Um, I think also an opportunity to continue to increase ITAM's visibility and value to the organization. And oftentimes the value's there, it's just not well uh, promoted or recognized. So that's always been a challenge for ITAM to basically um, promote ourselves and what we've accomplished. ITAM should be at a higher level in most organizations. Again, that's one of the first things I look at is an org chart in a client organization. Where does ITAM or whatever is defined as ITAM, where does it fit? Where do you normally see it? Is there, are there any common places when you're looking at those charts or that type of information? It's a couple of places. One in a technical or operational part of the organization, which is a red flag right away. Some organizations have a business management office within IT or something comparable. This is where they do budgeting and chargebacks and maybe even some contracting that can be a good place for ITAM as a business discipline. First and foremost, ITAM is a business discipline. Yes, there are uh, technical aspects to it, but it is a business discipline. Um, So ideally there is a business management function within um, the IT organization already reporting to VP or even the CIO, possibly with a dotted line to, to finance. Often I see ITAM as part of the either service management or more specifically configuration management within IT. And that too is a red flag for me. There are, there are certainly dependencies amongst those functions, service, config, and ITAM and others, but those three in, in, in my discussion here, my, in my example. But um, I, I do think ITAM has value in and of itself independent of those functions. And too often I see it become kind of swallowed up within those and it loses its potential uh, and its significance. Yeah, I think one thing I would add there is if if you're at that layer in technical or in service management, there's a risk that you maybe lose independence as well because you are a governance function and you need to govern those 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 teams exactly good point i agree 100 in fact 
I've had several uh, engagements where I've actually been brought in because of that situation, that ITAM has lost focus, it's lost visibility, it's lost effect, um, because it's part of service management or configuration management. So I've been brought in to, you know, basically pull it out and establish it as a separate function with governance over those functions being part of it. It sounds like you've got a great opportunity here to come into an organization and see the whole of IT. But one of the issues we seem to have is that ITAM teams and managers tend to be older, tend to be more experienced. How do we encourage um, new entrants to come into this industry, people to come in straight out of college uh, or even before college? Certainly um, at the college or university level, awareness to, to let young people know of ITAM, uh, what it entails, what the opportunities are. Um, mentorship is another. It's, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because I'm sure there are people on comp sci degrees at the moment who are thinking, I'm going to be a CTO, I'm going to be a CIO, I'm going to be a CISO. Um, but they're probably not thinking I'm going to be a chief ITAM officer, which is where we, we can almost be sitting as an industry if we go down the path that we should be going as, as a governance function. Um, you know, that would be the holy grail, wouldn't it? If we could get someone coming out of, uh, of college thinking, I want to go into IT asset management. ITAM is one of the best paths, if you will, to get to the C-level. Um, whether it's CIO or, or some C-level uh, elsewhere in the organization. And I say that because, again, I see ITAM as a business function. Um, by its nature, ITAMers need to interact with, deal with most business functions in the organization, within IT and outside of IT. So we get a very good exposure, if you will, to the business overall and different disciplines, whether it's finance or legal, even HR, um, as an example. And that is invaluable. And there aren't too many, in my experience and view, aren't too many positions, certainly within IT, that gives you that level of exposure in a business context. And it's, so it's fairly unique. One of the reasons I was drawn to ITAM and continue with it, you know, I'm in my third decade doing ITAM. Most people or many people would get bored doing the same thing uh, for that amount of time. But for me, and I think others in ITAM, A, there's things change, so it stays interesting. But also I know for me personally, that ITAM is one of the few things in my experience where you can deliver tangible value in a reasonably short period of time. Can you talk a little, little bit about what you do with um, the Canadian ITAM user group? It was uh, founded in 1992. So we're the first um, ITAM users group. And it was actually originally the software asset management users group. We meet three times a year um, pre-COVID. 
And um, it's a one-day meeting. We typically have a publisher in to talk about their licensing programs and to hear from customers what their questions and concerns are, challenges. We typically have a solution provider in. We have one or more practitioner presentations and uh, a lot of uh, what I call open discussion. You are trailblazing once again, <laughs> Sherry. Well, I'm a, I'm a very strong proponent of networking, sharing knowledge, um, the collective voice, um, and, and making a difference. What do you think are the key things ITAM professionals can do or should be doing to raise and elevate ITAM's profile within their organizations? Well, most of it has to do with communication. Communicating um, what your objectives, what ITAM's objectives are. Why do we exist? Okay. And from there, this is what we have accomplished at the table with different uh, committees uh, within the organization. The, 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 the technology planners, the uh, architects, and in doing so, not only can you hopefully raise their awareness of what ITAM brings to the table, but you get a better understanding of what they do and the opportunity to get involved earlier and provide even greater value. And, and I will say also documenting, capturing data documenting in some way uh, the benefits that have been realized. If you if you hadn't been an ITAM person leading this industry so so well, what would you like to have done or what could you see yourself doing maybe next even? Um, I think I would have been uh, a very good uh, detective uh, or a lawyer. We, we kind of do that stuff anyway, don't we? we exactly. We, we, there are yeah. some par- there are some parallels. You're exactly yeah. right. Uh, thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Jen, for uh, joining us today. Really great, Sherry, to hear what a trailblazer you were with uh, ITAM throughout the years. How you? I think you basically invented this. I think we all basically basically owe mm-hmm. our jobs to you in many cases um, because certainly when you were doing it first off, this stuff didn't exist. It didn't have a name and. Uh, uh, so thank you very much, um, and uh, uh, congratulations on your lifetime achievement. Well, thank you both. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.